Welcome, this is your host, Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I want to talk today about unconditional love and just why I find it very important, very liberating, and very healing on my journey to release the need the attachment, even the desire itself for others to love me unconditionally. And in this episode, I want to share why that has been so liberating for me um, and some insights into the ideas and the limiting beliefs around unconditional love that we perpetuate that are actually blocking us from experiencing that same love that we desire. So I want to just kind of dedicate this episode to uh, providing those insights and solutions that I've uncovered on my journey and different uh, perspective shifts that have allowed me to relate to the concept of unconditional love in a very different way that's actually allowed me to experience it and find it in my life, uh, sustain it in my life, uh, and feel it in my life and its presence. So let's start with the idea of unconditional love. And I really want to unpack that because I think it's multi-layered. And in the culture we exist in, unconditional love is kind of like a hallmark or a merit or a badge of honor, of virtue, of, I think, honestly, being a good human being. Is when we are able to profess to somebody that I love you unconditionally, in some way we feel that we've reached the ultimate state of love. Because in my idea and perception of unconditional love, it is essentially love perfected. It is love that exists without the presence of conditions. And so this ability to love others unconditionally seems to be something that we are not all only striving to receive, but also striving to give and pour into others. And I think the desire in itself is noble, it's admirable, and it's evident of our innocence as humans. And I also think that it is not helpful when we're trying to create empowering and loving relationships. So why do I say that? I say that because the concept of unconditional love that is portrayed through media, through language, through literature, this portrayal of unconditional love is often leaving people feeling very abused, like doormats. Uh, they are often people that are walked all over. They are often people that embody the sense of puppy love, where it's, you can say and do anything, and I will still be here for you. 
And this is what is often portrayed. So if you watch any films where there's a certain level of quote-unquote unconditional love embodied, you know, one of the partners is often just possessing zero level of discernment, boundaries, and even the capacity to kind of voice their own needs, objections, and preferences. And so this is why I say the concept or even the pursuit of this expression of unconditional love, which I think 90% of the human population unconsciously agrees and subscribes to. And I believe that is because we see unconditional love as synonymous with an unconditional relationship. And so we have to ground ourselves in our humanity. As human beings, we possess certain sets of base needs. And these needs range from survival to support, to a sense of belonging, to a sense of uh, fulfillment, purpose, self-realization, self-expansion. And so there are base needs that as human beings we possess. And along with that also comes, you know, wanting to feel respected, wanting to feel trusted, wanting to feel seen. And we cannot erase these needs. Why would we? There's nothing wrong with them. They're a part of our humanity. So when I hear people talking about trying to embody this level of unconditional love within their relationship, they're often ignoring the base needs of their humanity. Like, one, do you trust this person? Do you truly respect this person? And do you feel respected by them? Is this a relationship where you feel you can truly be yourself in? Is this a relationship where you've been consistently showing up for not only them, but have felt that they also consistently show up for you? Like, have those base needs been met? And if so, then we can enter into these higher echelons of intimacy, which is what we're talking about around unconditional love. So I shared earlier that it's love perfected. And so when we're trying to perfect love, we're entering into a very, very spiritually dense environment. And so if we don't work with the physical, if we don't work with the human before we enter into these spiritually dense spaces, everything that we experience in those spiritually dense spaces is going to be distorted because we're not working with the physical we're reaching towards the unconditional love out of avoidance towards the base needs of our humanity. Like choosing a partner, we can actually feel aligns with our own goals, aligns with our values that we truly feel safe with. These needs are often gone unmet. For most people, these needs are unmet. But yet we're trying to pursue unconditional love when as human beings, our base needs aren't even met within the relationship. So that's how we get that unconditional love concept that I shared earlier 
that is essentially disempowering. It's not empowering. And the reason it's not empowering, because there's a part of us that we have to abandon in the process of this pursuit of unconditional love. And that's our humanity. That's our inner children that are saying, this person is re-traumatizing me. I don't really feel safe with them. I don't want to give them that unconditional love. I want to get out of this situation where I want to have my needs met, considered, and attuned to before I can even enter into these other states of myself. And so when we understand that, now we can really take into account the fact that these relationships as human beings, these relationships require conditions in order for them to thrive. Because it is the very conditions that allow us to feel more safe, to be boundless in the way that we love, in the way that we care, in the way that we consider the other person. The conditions, the meeting of those conditions create a baseline of safety that essentially becomes a foundation that we can stand on and allow ourselves to then reach towards something even higher, something even more spiritually dense uh, and nourishing. So the conditions must be there. We cannot ignore conditions as human beings. We honor and recognize the importance and conditions within every other relationship but our romantic ones. When you apply to a job, they share their conditions with you. They tell you, we need you to have five years of experience, an MBA. Um, We need you to be also able to show up from nine to five and to take a 30-minute lunch break. And when we don't meet those conditions, there's a conversation that happens. Well, hey, you know, we noticed that you didn't have these qualifications. You didn't meet these conditions. Well, you're not a good fit. Or we're going to go with another candidate. I mean, that's just what happens. And we understand this in any type of work environment, business interactions, um, we understand that, right? And so this concept must also be applied and this understanding must also be applied to romantic connections. We have to qualify people. And once we qualify them, there are conditions within that relationship that vary between human and human that must be met consistently. And so that includes some of those base needs that I mentioned earlier respect, love, trust, commitment, and uh, an ability to reciprocate, right? To feel that this person cares and considers you. All of these things are important, but they're also conditions. And so we get very uncomfortable when we start establishing conditions within our relationship, because the idea or the pursuit of what we think is unconditional love makes this process just a little more difficult and uncomfortable for us. And so if we want to actually uncover what embodying unconditional love can feel like, can be like, 
and even receiving it, we have to first acknowledge these base needs. And so once we do, we are able to enter into these other spaces with the other person. But if we undergo the process that I just shared, we also can see that our pursuit towards unconditional love is disempowering in its essence. Because if I want somebody to love me unconditionally, that is love perfected, like I shared earlier. But the one loving me is not perfect. They are imperfect by design. What am I asking of this person then? Am I asking them to be perfect? Am I asking them to erase their humanity? A part of their humanity, a large chunk of their humanity, just so I can feel what is called unconditional love? Why do I need that? And so this for me is really an important question to ask. Why do we need to feel unconditionally loved by others? Oftentimes, we are attempting to outsource the work of unconditionally loving ourselves. Because this is the thing. When I think about my parents and the way that I was raised and the way that I was loved and cared for, there's a part of me that screams out, oh my God, I wish you guys could love me unconditionally. I wish you loved me unconditionally. But yet here I am right now on my path of healing. And I'm deeply grateful for all the ways that they didn't love me unconditionally. Because that became my mission. Those gaps that were left behind by the love they gave me and the love that I needed, those gaps are my life's work. I enjoy and have found deep fulfillment in filling those gaps and loving myself in the ways in which they couldn't based on their own limitations, based on their own grief and trauma that was unprocessed. I have found a lot of fulfillment and a lot of challenge as well in learning how to love myself in the ways that they couldn't. But this is what I came here to do. This is my life's work. And this is also the purpose of my incarnation. So it is through the blemishes, cracks, and gaps within the ways in which my parents tried and attempted to love me that I found my work. I found what I came here to do. I found where my healing lies and how my story unfolds. Why would I want to change that? Why would I want to run back in time and say, Mom, love me unconditionally. Here's a list of ways in which you can do that. If I had a time machine, I would not choose to do that. Everything, and I mean everything, every moment, every painful interaction, every form and expression of the abuse I experience has shaped my healing journey has shaped my expression of self-love. Every ounce 
every drop, every texture of the way I love myself now, I give thanks to the lack of unconditional love that my parents gave me. And the lack of love I received from all of the people that were around me at that time and throughout my life till today. It is because of them that I know where to love myself, that I know where I need to accept myself more fully, that I know where I need to forgive myself, to have compassion for my younger selves. It is in the blemishes and cracks of the ways in which people try to love me, have attempted to love me, and couldn't love me. Why would I want to change that? Why would I want to erase that? Why would I want to take that away? It is a gift. Their conditional love is a gift. The conditions of their love, the limitations within what they can give me and its imperfected state is a gift to me. It reveals not only the love that I have for myself and the love that I'm capable of giving myself, but it also reveals the unconditional love and presence of the divine. Because these limitations are not present within the love of God, if I tune into it. And you see, this is the purpose of it then. It is for me to tune into that. It's for me to discover love perfected. But if I focus on humans, people in my life, giving me that, my parents one day becoming that, trying to morph and change my partner to be the love that I need to give myself and the love that I need to attune to that is already here, that is already present. So you see, I'm outsourcing the work. I'm outsourcing it. I'm running away from myself, even though I think I'm running towards love. I'm running away from myself. Because that love is already here. If I exist, then it means that something, we could call it the divine, you could call it the universe, you could call it God. But there is something that loves me into being. I exist. Something has already chosen to love me unconditionally. Something, some force, has already accepted me and continues to accept me, continues to love me, continues to support me. This is evident within just my breathing. This is evident within the mechanisms of the human body. There's only so much of this that I'm actually conscious of. I'm not always conscious of my breathing. Who's supporting my breath? I'm not always conscious. I don't even control my own heartbeat. Who is inspiring my heart to continue to keep beating? So what am I searching for outside? Why am I looking out there? Why? There is so much already here. There is so much already just inside of me. That is evidence of the very love that I'm seeking out there. 
So again, I'm just running away from myself. Because if I were to embrace this love, oh God, a lot of my ideas would shatter. A lot of the things that I believe about myself would shatter. But you see, this only happens when we stop looking for what we've lost and start paying attention to what we could never lose, what has never been lost, what has always been here. When you place all of your attention on what is lacking, the lack of unconditional love, the lack of acceptance, there's not enough love in the world. There's all of this resources, change, missing, not present, not happening. We avoid the vulnerability of receiving, of recognizing the love that is here, the change that is present, the acceptance that is available to us now. So, when one embodies unconditional love, it is a return to my own nature, my true nature. Because in essence, I am love itself. My yearning for that in others is my yearning to come home to myself. So when I embody that, now this concept of unconditional love actually looks very different. I actually find different ways to relate to this concept. Because you see, when I see and recognize myself as love, this is very different from remembering yourself as love. People often say, remember, remember yourself as love. But if you follow what I said earlier, if you are discovering what was never lost, what is there to remember? You are only recognizing what is still here, what has been here, what has always remained. It is just the recognition. You can't remember. To remember means that you forgot this. To remember means that you could forget this. You can't. You can just choose to unsee it. You can choose to turn your gaze or turn your attention towards the lack, towards the absence, towards what's missing. And so when you recognize yourself as love, you are just bringing your attention back to your true nature. You're not remembering anything. What did you forget? How could you have forgotten that? You can't. It is that which you are. So when we understand that, we understand that when we tell people, right? Now let's go into the physicality of it demonstrated within relationships. When we tell people, I love you unconditionally, you see, in the act of communicating that, we've already lost sight of what unconditional love is. You see, even me telling somebody that, 
what am I attaching to it? Why am I saying that to them? Because I want them to know I love them unconditionally? Well, isn't that a need for validation then? Because I want them to know I'm the first person to love them unconditionally? Because I need them to know that this is how I love them and that this is a you know, a, a fix for the mistakes I've made or that I'm different than anybody they've ever been with and I'm giving them the love that they've always desired so they need to commit to me or they need to be with me or they need to stay with me. You see, when we explore, why do I feel the desire to tell people I love them unconditionally? What we find beneath all of that is all of these subconscious agendas for validation, for approval, for security, for commitment. And so in what we're professing as unconditional love, the moment it leaves our mouth, it stops being unconditional love. It stops being unconditional love. Because as human beings, if you understand what I shared earlier, you cannot remove or erase your desire for belonging, for validation, for approval. You can't erase it. So the moment you filter that unconditional love that essence of who you are, through the human being, it is already coupled and packaged with all of these needs. See me, see me. I love you unconditionally. Therefore, validate that I'm a great fucking human being or I'm a great partner. You can't escape it. You can't. It is going to be evident the moment it leaves your mouth. This is why personally, I don't ever express it. I don't ever look or tell anybody that this is what I'm going to give you, that this is what you can look for in me. One, I'm human. I know my love is going to possess blemishes, cracks, and imperfections. And I also know that in essence, that which I am and that which they are does not need me to profess that, does not even need it from me, from that place, from that source of being love itself. Me and this individual do not look for that from each other. We don't need that from each other. We are sourced and fulfilled on our own. So I don't even attempt to try because why? Then I'm not, I've lost sight of not only who I am, but I've also lost sight of who they are. So in this world that we live in, where we're trying to dance with human love and human interactions and human relationships, you have to realize that what we're dealing with when we say unconditional love is something that is purely and truly divine. And 
when it is filtered through the human being, it doesn't cease to be divine. It simply becomes an expression of our humanity. And that humanity is coupled with our base needs, our limitations, and so on and so on. So if we're understanding this, then we also free ourselves from the pressure, because it is a pressure, of trying to be unconditional love for other people, of trying to receive unconditional love from other people. We also free others from that burden. Because it's like, wait, I don't need you to try to love me unconditionally. Like, I'm grateful for the fact that you love me and you try to love me unconditionally. And that effort itself is all that I need. The effort and the pursuit is what feels nourishing, is what heals me. Because your effort acknowledges something in me. It means you see me. You see me as worthy of that pursuit. You see me as worthy of that effort and deserving of that. That's all I need. I don't need anything else. I'm fulfilled by that. Because when I think back to my childhood experiences, what I felt was lacking was that effort. What I felt was lacking was that commitment and dedication. Like when I think about my dad, when I think about my mom, I'm like, I wish you were so fucking committed to being here in this relationship with me that you found the fucking courage to heal these patterns, to try out new ways of communicating with me, to unlearn your parenting styles that you've were kind of indoctrinated into by your parents. Like I wish your desire to love me and knowing that as your child, I was deserving of all the love that you could give me, of all of the support, all of the care, that that ignited a fire in you to unlearn the things that you were conditioned into. Like, that's all I needed, really. And that's what hurts. You see, this is what hurts when we're moving through our childhood pain. Is it hurts that we feel that we weren't deserving of somebody going that extra effort to unlearn, to unpack, to even self-reflect. One of the things that hurts me most about my dad was that he it didn't feel like he self-reflected. Like, I would be beat all of the time. And I'm like, damn, dude, like, my cries don't invite you to self-reflect on whether you should be treating your child like this. That is what hurt more, is that I wasn't deserving of that invitation to, let me think about this. Let me consider my thoughts. Let me consider my actions. Let me analyze myself and see if I'm really showing up as best as I can. So... This is what almost every human being is capable of in bringing to a relationship. But you see, this is all we need, though. This is what we want. This is what we crave. Is that willingness. 
Because again, coming back to this old proverb, if there is a will, there is a way. We'll find a way. If you're in committed relationships, you're going to find a way. You're going to find a path. If the will exists, yes, of course you are. But if it doesn't, then there is no way. There is no way to make this work. There is no way to um, heal within this relationship or feel empowered. So when we ground ourselves as human beings, what we are simply looking for is that willingness. What we truly want from others is to feel their willingness, their willingness to work on their shit, their willingness to work on their shit together with us. Like, that's it right there. That is like, oh my God, like, okay, great. Like, we got this. We can do anything together. But it's because that willingness and that dedication exists and we can feel it embodied in their effort. And so it takes a lot for people to try. It takes a lot for somebody to try to heal, to be willing to heal, to be willing to grow. We all know that. It takes so fucking much. And so when somebody is embodying that in our relationship and in our connection with them, what more do we need, right? Along with those conditions that are being met, this even allows those conditions to continuously be met. It's the willingness, the willingness to love, to nurture, to grow, to evolve together, to commit and dive deep and to grow old together. That. I mean, that is freeing, that is liberating. And I think that's all when you, and this is what I'm saying, when you remove all of these other things that are packaged on top of my pursuit towards unconditional love and my need to give that to others, when you just bring it back down, you ground it fully, you remember that you are love. What you find is that all you simply desire and need in partnership is a willing partner. Of course, that person is going to meet A, B, and C, of course, of your qualifications. But after that point, what keeps you in that relationship? What leaves you feeling so happy to be here with that person is the fact that you feel your shared willingness to grow to learn to evolve with that person. That's all we can ask. Because at the end of the day, our journey is ongoing. It is a lifelong commitment. So I'll stop it here. Uh, thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast episode. Um, I hope this helped in any way. I hope this uh, supported you and you got some valuable insight or um, has some powerful takeaways from this episode if so you know feel free to share it with me via dm uh, send me a message on instagram telling me what your takeaways from this episode was uh, i'd love to hear your thoughts um, if there's anything i left out or anything you want me to kind of spin into a podcast episode another episode feel free to also share that with me and so with that i'm going to wish you a beautiful rest of your day and your evening and I'll see you on the next one. Peace.